Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Nerd. I am Sir Slice. I'm Smerchandise. I'm GJC. And we are, as always, massive nerds. We gotta do it real close because we're in this format again. Massive nerds. And we're we're doing this in like some weird multiverse where I'm in the wrong place and George is in somewhere else and Dan is in the same place. So it's all very exciting for us here. Um so, again, before we get into The Mandalorian, we're going to give the normal uh, thank you all for watching, thank you all for subscribing, thank you again for just being here, whether we're live, whether you're catching us on the YouTube or not, make sure to check all that out. Again, I'm very behind on the audio versions of this, so I apologize. Uh, I will have those up, so if anybody wants to go for a run and listen to us chat about Mandalorian, you'll be able to do that, because, uh, you know, all mediums are important. Um, so, without further ado, we are going to get into The Mandalorian, and I, your gracious host, will be turning this episode over to Senor George uh, to be running this one. So, George, why don't you give us a little breakdown of how we're going to do this? Give us give us our... Just, just take it away, sir. Okay. Let's just dive into it. Quick episode, episode synopsis, or just a general brief view. Essentially... We pick right off, kind of, it's, I feel like a little time has passed. There's some time that's passed since um, we lost all the, the Mandalorian in case, and we'll go to a, you know, we'll talk about it, but Mandalorian did have his episodes in the Boba Fett, which continued him and Grogu, Grogu's story. So, um, and we'll dive into how that is that for those who didn't watch the, the, the Boba Fett series. But essentially we pick up, kind of feels like we pick right up from where we last saw them in Boba Fett. And um, Mando was essentially first half of the season so far. He's trying to redeem himself, you know, and he's been told that the only way for him to redeem himself is to go back to Mandalore and to the, the living waters and the mines and, and bathe in the living waters, kind of re, redeem himself as that's, I guess, the only way to do it. But legend has it, it's been destroyed. So this whole first few episodes is just Mando going from place to place, trying to cobble up what he can and and essentially go back to Mandalore. Um, he visits Pele, gets some help from her, um, picks up an R5 unit on the way, even though he really actually wants IG, you know. Unfortunately, IG can't be with them, as explained by Grief Karga when he goes to see Grief Karga. You know, IG's just a statue with only a few moving parts. They try to turn him back on, and he goes back to his original default and tries to call Grogu, so... He's SOL there. So he's going to Pele, trying to ask some Jawas. The Jawas don't, can't help him, you know? Ask some Anzellans. Anzellans can't help him. Nobody can help him repair IG. But, you know, we, we all know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so doesn't seem to be able to get IG. He gets an R5. Um, stops by Bo-Katan's place to tell her, you know, I'm trying to go back to Mandalore. Like, you know, will you help me? And she's like, well, I don't even have anybody here but myself. You know, it turns out all the other night owls have just abandoned her since they captured Moff Gideon because it seems like she doesn't have the Darksaber and therefore she can't be worthy to lead the night owls and the rest of Mandalore. Um, so she's pretty disgruntled. She's alone. Um, Mando decides to go by himself and Grogu, proceeds to get himself captured immediately by... 
I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain what that was. That thing was terrifying. Well, I I scared the crap out of my niece and nephew. They didn't know what the hell that was. Like very very general grievous feels. I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys get that feeling. Very grievous feels. Very grievous feels. But it's obviously not him. I don't know. Maybe it's a completely new thing. Maybe some other Star Wars fans who know what that is supposed to be can can say in the comments. You know, let us know what they think. Um, and then we have. Um, essentially Grogu running over back to tell Bo-Katan to come and help save Mando. Mando and Bo is finally saved by Bo-Katan who also then leads her to the living waters in this, in the, in, in Mandalore, then the mines, uh, both of Mando, Mando proceeds to slip and fall <laughs> into the cavern, into the living waters, Mind all the way to the bottom day. of the fucking cavern. Yeah, you know, apparently just like dude the, can't swim. The goofiest thing, just like all of a sudden he's talking and just <laughs> like he's gone, like and then magically falls to the, the, the just slides all the way down. I, I I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's instantaneously it's like, a rock in a, like a rock in a well. I don't know how Made it went, but zero sense. Like all of a sudden, this uber badass is just completely helpless, sinking to the bottom. I get it. It's, I, it's, I, I, I don't know. know. Whatever. Well, I thought he got grabbed by something. I did too. I did too. I did Maybe too. He, did. he admitted he just <laughs> slipped and fell. This is like what this dude who's like so like he admitted like, he just. Fl- I mean, okay, he didn't have like his rockets with him, so I get it. That's why he couldn't like blast his way up. But I mean, okay, whatever. Slips and falls. Bogotan dives in, saves his life. On the way up, they see this giant creature where they're like, oh my god, it's the Mythosaur, you know, the, the ancient creature of the Mandalorians. The first Mando who ever was rode and tamed that Mythosaur. Big shout out and big reference, of course, to the the guy from the first season. What's his name? Uh, who helped him on the planet find who was like, your ancestors rode the great Mythosaur and like you riding this fish spoken. thing. Yeah, I have spoken. You right oh, this fish uh, thing oh. shouldn't be a problem, you know? Like, Nick Nolte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we finally get that payoff of what a mythosaur is and all that. So you get to see that, which is great. Um, and then uh, Bo-Katan, on the way back to her castle on, on one of the distant planets in the Mandalore system, uh, they see get ambushed by a bunch of freaking... Uh, freaking tie fighters out of nowhere a, a huge wing of tie fighters and they proceed to bomb the crap out of her castle and now they're running for their lives and mando decides to take bo-katan and grogu back to where the his the covert is hiding in that first episode um the covert is of course where the armor is where paz visla is you know who the ones who are he's essentially trying to redeem himself and prove himself to and yep. he brings back the living waters. They welcome him and Bo-Katan, kind of surprisingly. Just like, okay, come on in. Like, we're all one I mean, big family. Happy family. Everyone's this, like... This is the way. This is the way. Then they're going to follow the way because they're hardcore like that, you know? And then, of course, doesn't take them... It seems like a day passes and the next... It's just disaster. One disaster after another on this terrible planet. I even forgot to tell, say the part where in the very beginning of the first episode, a giant crocodile comes out of the water and, like, ruins this... Intense. Ruins this baptism... By Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, <laughs> Jimmy's Kimmel's nephew getting baptized, and this giant crocodile shows up. I'm telling you, he's bad luck because the comes back. They start training Not with Jimmy these younglings, Kimmel's right? Nephew. <laughs> so 
Grogu was there and he's like playing on the beach with some rocks and Mando's like, okay, we're going to train with the younglings and he shows off Grogu's cool Jedi jump powers and just schools Jimmy Kimmel's nephew who's just like all disgruntled and walking on the beach by himself like, oh man, I embarrassed my dad in front of the little short kid. And then next thing you know, Pterodactyl out of nowhere freaking grabs him, you know, like a, out of the sky. And I was like, this is the it's worst planet in the world. random show. Things just kind of happen and everyone's just like, just ah. goes with right. it right like well this is the way i have no idea <laughs> they settled on the planet of jurassic park but okay this is really <laughs> jurassic <laughs> world because freaking there's giant alligators or crocodiles and freaking pterodactyls everywhere so of course bogtan being like the badass she is like rides off the ship tracks down where the pterodactyl and the kid are you know musters up a whole party and they go and try to save the kid meanwhile grogu's left with the armor and he has like some ptsd flashback you know, and remembers his epic rescue out of the Jedi temple. Um, Mando. Kimmel's nephew is actually John Farva's son, Paz Vizsla's son, you know, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, they come back and, you know, she's missing a piece of armor and she she confesses the armor, which is very interesting. She didn't even tell Jin that she saw the the mythosaur, but she told the armor right. that she saw the mythosaur. Armor kind of brushes it off and like, oh, yeah, you had a vision, you know, and she's like, no, I freaking saw it. And, you know, what can you say other than this is the way, you know, and that's that was the end of that episode. And then finally, we get to the last epi- um, episode. Oh, OK. During that episode, there's also a weird I don't know. We missed the part where there's a weird Dr. Pershing, like, from all the way from season one. There's an episode yeah. in there where Dr. Pershing, and we get to see what happened on Coruscant. We'll kind of dive into that. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but we get to see a totally different story that seems to have nothing to do with Mandalorian, other than the fact that it's two characters we saw from, like, previous seasons living on Coruscant and doing this whole espionage thing. I don't know. We'll dive into that because that's a point we're going to talk about later. Then... Finally, this last episode that aired this week, um, we get to see the pirate. This pirate, of course, was the pirate that was harassing uh, Grief Karga on the first planet that the the Mandalorians and Grogu were stuck on. And um, these pirates are back for some payback against Mando and Grief, and they essentially bombed the shit out of the town. I mean, I don't know what to say. That town looks like it's in worse state than it was in the first season. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, it's pretty much glassed. It, it's they're not a good shape, but you know, Mando decides to take up the offer to stay on that planet, and in tow he brings his all his Mandalorian friends to save the day, and it's just like epic ships fighting, Mandos and pirates fighting in the streets, and you know, townsfolks cheering. It's just, I mean, it's like good old Star Wars. What can I say? It has a very like you know episode three feel of oh, you know like everyone just being real happy, and mm-hmm. that is where we are. Mm-hmm. That's the summary. I have, I have a, a comment that's sure. sort of related. So first to impressions it. for everyone. Go ahead, Tim. Take us away. First impressions. I'll give you a first impressions. No, I'll I'll do the first. This first comment is when you were recapping all of this and being like, "Oh, this guy was in from that season. This guy was in from this season." The first season aired in 2019, and the second season aired in 2020, and then we had three years. Has it really been that long? It's been 2020 was when the uh, October 30th season two was was released. So I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, why don't I remember half of this? It's because it was three fucking years well, ago. It was COVID. 
And it was ridiculous. So that's that was that. First impressions of the season. Um, I loved it, man. Uh, uh, I, I really did. I am enjoying this for not only as a TV show, but like as some Star Wars. Like this is what I've wanted from Star Wars, from all of their other shows. And I hear Andor's great, and maybe I'll watch it, but I just also don't really care that much. But, um, uh, you know, this to me feels very much like it also isn't part of like what we know as star wars the mm-hmm. the skywalker saga because it isn't it doesn't involve most of those characters no. it's adjacent but it is the same timeline so i'm really enjoying that because i i think the star wars skywalker uh uh presence is very watered down now and so having something that's a little bit different uh is, is nice and I, I you know in in retrospect and i think i watched one or two of the other episodes of of uh, boba fett as well uh again and i can appreciate those as well a, a lot more than i can just uh you know churning out you know obi-wan kenobi which is again just skywalker saga at its core so this was good i, I really enjoyed it there were some very kind of like WTF moments mm-hmm. and there was a whole episode that was a what the fuck is going on episode and we'll get into that one in a little bit uh but otherwise I mean yeah dig it lay Dan okay uh it's no secret I've been critical of this show I I don't I don't I have a hard time getting into the hype. I think, uh, you know, I've said stuff like, I think everyone's got baby Yoda goggles or you stick a guy that's kind of just, you know, <laughs> um, what up tab? Um, the, the whole, uh, I, I've said this before as well. Being badass isn't a characteristic. And I think <laughs> it's something that they kind of lean like that. That's they lean into a little too hard. Um, and not just with man with uh, with. with OK, hold on. Is it Din or is it Jin? It's think... Din Jarin. D-I-N and then D-J-A-R-I-N. OK, Din Jarin. I think I think that I first of all, this last episode, episode five, I think my favorite episode of all the Mandalorian episodes so far. Mm-hmm. I think they have, it's really grown into something. And I am officially, I think, really like on board, uh, uh, on, on board with this now more than I have been uh, in the past. I think that uh, some of it was suffering when you have shows like um obi-wan kenobi you you know that nothing's going to happen to him you know nothing nothing's going to happen to darth vader there are these characters that are stuck in limbo between these two very major points in time that kind of makes you go feels like there's no stakes it was all lead to me what happened in the end of the second season for mandalorian i thought was going to happen at the very end of the series and then it happened suddenly I think that was the best thing that could have happened for this show because now there's a little bit more of an open book and a little bit more of question and a little bit more uh, open world and creativity allowed for this show to really spread its wings and do what it wants to do instead of feeling obligated to go somewhere. And I like that so much more. It feels so much more liberated. Um, I still have my criticisms, which we'll get into. 
Um, but overall, I feel instead of feeling the need of something, some sort of big picture ending overarching overarching arc, it feels like a little bit more episodic. And it, even though it was episodic before and there were adventures, I think maybe it was just a personal thing for me. No, I think I was just I kind of like, all right, this is cool, I guess. But where is this going? Like, what's yeah. what's going to happen? I don't feel that need anymore. Mm -hmm. And now it's just a little bit more adventurous and that's a much more liberating carefree kind of feel. And I also think I have a different mindset going into this now. I think I kind mm. of just enjoying it just as just for what it is. It is a fun show. It has moments. I love the space battles. I have my criticisms about acting and whatnot, but we'll get into that overall mm. huge strides made. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for the the uh, much more open slate they have moving forward. Mm -hmm. mm. George, I mean maybe to just to add to that, I agree with everything you guys said. Just to add to what Dan says, maybe it feels like maybe because it was on such a huge hiatus, and obviously we had Boba Fett in between, so it's not like we didn't see him. But maybe because it's been such a yeah. hiatus, uh, after Boba Fett, it seems like it's the show has become a, a, a like a clean slate in many ways, right? Like a lot of the access baggage of of Luke, of Skywalker, of all these things that all these like legacy characters from the original movies and films have been um, kind of tossed aside because that baggage is hard to have to carry and have to worry and think about. Oh, where's Luke now? Oh, is he building the temple? Blah blah blah. Like where's Han and where's Leia and like all these other things and like where's freaking. Uh, just like like yeah, a lot I, of baggage I, that comes with the characters from the original trilogy and, and i don't even care and i'm happy to say that you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah. a real nice feeling to not have it's to, a yes, very like, nice feeling. and and this is not to say there aren't a lot of characters that are from lore and like from other parts of the series that like you know outside of the original films and the prequels and the sequels like out and we'll get into that and so many characters that are that have been seen we see and or that are referenced and things like that and just I think um, in many ways, this season has become kind of goes back to the roots of its original first season. And yet it feels fresh. And yet it feels like it's an homage to real Star Wars fans because it also feels like you don't need to be a diehard Star Wars fan to enjoy the season. You know, you don't yeah. have to need to watch every little thing of Star Wars before in order to enjoy the season, which I think is a very difficult thing for a series in general in such an immense universe to have to balance, you know, like, and especially with, you know, the history that Dave Filoni has with, you know, Star Wars in general, it's very like they somehow just found this magical balance so that it didn't feel like you were missing that much, but it might pique your interest perhaps to watch more and learn more about what's going on. So I honestly, overall, this first season, this new season is, is probably the most enjoyable one yet. Yeah. I want to say something to Dan's. I thought it was interesting. You had the point where you're talking about, it was like episodic and like adventure and then kind of, to me, and then now, and and now it kind of has gone back to that. To me, it felt more like the were were you saying, I guess, that the original season, first season, kind of felt more like random episodes kind of put together, or were you saying there was more of an arcing story? Because to me, it felt a lot more like it was random episodes kind of some adventure, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a sort of overarching story, whereas, like, this season feels more... It's like every episode like is a, a mission. Even line. Well, yeah, every but, like, this one feels like more mission, like... Right? It, 
but this season feels to me like it's each episode affects the next one a little bit more than in some of the old ones. Right. A little bit. I'm not remembering the, all the old I, ones as well. I think, I think that, I think I just like not knowing where this is going is yeah. what I'm trying to say in this new season, yeah. because we knew where it was going in the old seasons. And when it wasn't going somewhere, I felt a little annoyed. You know what I, I didn't mean? know where the originals were going. Well, okay, we didn't per se, but we knew that we were going to get him to a Jedi. Did we know who it was going to be? No, we knew it was going to we were going to get him to a Jedi. Yeah, and that was that was that. And like so when he's literally the lowest one of the lowest points for yeah. me just I don't it's not a criticism on the quality, but just like when he's in this mud pit in the first season, like literally like barely able to stand fighting this like whatever it was, I forget. And I think Grogu saves him. I was just like I felt like him. <laughs> like I felt like uh just like weighed down by this mud, like get out of this pit and like do something. Like I don't know. I, I think I do have a tendency to get, that was more of a personal thing. I do have a tendency to get caught up in overarching themes and where this is headed. Uh, call it the Marvel effects, if you will. Um, and I'm learning to let go of that. And that is doing me a service. And even still, when it does, stuff does happen in this new season, it like, it, it's hard to explain. All I know is that I'm enjoying the way that they're doing it as opposed to the way they were doing it before. Mm -hmm. It feels sure. a little bit more effortless. Sure. And it feels like it's not being forced in a direction that it's going in a nice, seamless way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. It smells cool. It feels smooth. Cool. And yeah, it is it very like oh. every episode is a little bit yeah. of a mission kind of or like a little like even though it, it, it's a little mini well, mission. Yeah, they're well contained, but yet like building upon each other. You know, it's like it's almost as if you're preparing for like a larger heist. And these are a lot of small little sub. It's like. Yeah, nice. it's like a side quest that, like, oh, I have to do this side quest. Yeah, to, to do pick this up. Side yo, quest, like, uh, yeah, exactly. I gotta do a side quest we'll first. Like that for a little bit, but that's okay. Like, I don't that's know. Okay. It's, it's okay. It felt okay. It's a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt okay, and it felt smooth, and it didn't feel forced. That's really the best thing you could say about it. I like it. Yeah. 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 Um. Good. Are we going to talk about the Boba Fett dilemma? Yes. Let's move right on because we were we already touched on it. Go ahead. Okay. What do you guys I mean? The Boba Fett. What do you feel? I mean, okay, so I'm in the I'm in the minority in that I liked Boba Fett so much more than the Mandalorian, and I feel that maybe it was because those first two they were Mandalorian episodes. Let's face it, mm -hmm. uh, in Boba Fett, mm -hmm. uh, were in my opinion like some of the best ones, and maybe it was because it was post the moment it was all leading up to at the end of season two. Maybe not. Don't really know. I think they were great. And yeah, uh, George List, like, do you think people who didn't see it are left completely in the dark? Um, yeah, <laughs> you 100%. You left him with, with, with Luke, and then he's back all of a sudden? Yeah, you gotta watch Boba Fett. I think Boba Fett's great. Uh, I understand it's not perfect, but I think it was a fun, like, mob-style rise to power thing, and uh, it's got a, it culminates in one of my favorite... Over, like overall just fun battles and like uh in star wars and uh yeah, yeah. and the, i is asking too much for a fan to go back and watch it 
I don't think yet. so. I, I, I don't think so at all. If you're into the Mandalorian, you got to at least be into Boba Fett a little bit. And if not, you're going to get almost two full, very good Mandalorian episodes uh, and, and Mandalorian. You could get away with just watching those two. You can watch. Yeah, you, you could can just watch those two. And you don't need any context from what's happening in Boba Fett to enjoy whatsoever. It. Because you'd be missing out. You'd be missing out, but yes. you could yes. just watch those two. But you don't have to watch Boba Fett in its entirety to understand what's happening in this show. You can just watch those two episodes. And if you're just like, I'm only here for Mandalorian, I'm tired of Boba Fett, then yes, it's asking a shitload of a person. Well, but do you think they explained it well enough for those who didn't watch it? I mean, essentially, it was a toss-away no, line. Here's the thing. Karga. He was like, I see you with the same little creature. like, And he's like, no, there was, there I completed was no my mission, but he came me. back to me. So you guys feel here's, like here's that's the enough? Thing. If, if there's anything we learned about Star Wars this far, watch the whole fucking Boba Fett season because there will be a reference further down the road. I'm they sure talk there will be. And they'll go, what? Or there will be a reference to, you know... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, it's almost... it's almost blue dude with the tubes on his, like, on his neck? Like, I feel like it's almost guaranteed that we're going to see somebody from Boba Fett on the show at the, by the yeah. end of the season. If not Boba oh, Fett Oh, hands himself, down. You know, or at least yeah, and, a favor from Shand. And because these are all shared universe, obviously. So, you know, so we're going to see it, which is fine. So go see it. I mean, I I don't think that future episodes are going to, you know, make a huge difference, you know, if there's a crossover. But, you know, I just don't want this to necessarily turn into another fucking uh, Berlanti verse over on uh, CW, where in order to watch the crossover, you have to watch four fucking different television shows. So as long as you can watch your shows and enjoy them, then we're fine. But yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they explained it. Like, I didn't notice. I guess I did, but, like, if you hadn't watched it, they did not explain what happened. Like, they could have at least done the previously on and, like, mm, put that clip. Yeah. Like, two little, two mini clips in there and would have been like, oh, okay, cool, I'm caught up. Because then you would have gone, wait, when the fuck did that happen? Right. You would have looked it up and then you would have gone back and watched it. But a, if they're just like, happens. oh, he came back to me. And you're like, oh, all right, he came back. Cool, I don't fucking And know. you, like, miss oh, a lot of little things and everything, like. Right, you don't you don't really understand. Oh yeah, that like, happened why. in Boba Fett, didn't it? Yeah, that whole That's thing. That's ridiculous. I think they put that in there because they didn't want you to have to wait three years for more. I think so too. I think that's literally the only reason that I happened. Think so too. A lot of it, yeah. Um, Is it? They're like, we need more money for Mandalorian. Like he a three year gap. Holy shit! Like, I don't um. Know. Good. What do you got, George? Moving on then to the next thing on our list, which is Ben's the ma- favorite topic. The mask issue of Mandalorian is You're the fact love that, what especially now say. that we've watched Last of Us and we got to see him act in like without a mask on a really great show and like really, you know, just an amazing actor. But like amazing actor. Now, now we now we're back to him without a face, you know, just wearing a mask. And like, how does that make you feel? And now that there's a bunch of people just walking around with masks and like you can't see any of their facial expressions, like how does that make you guys feel like All right, I'm I'm stepping into this one before Dan. I want my piece to not okay, be muddled down by by negativity here. Okay, so hold ahead. on a second. I love you, Dan, but still. You, um, you, you're, you're I, be, I don't have the typical things to say, so I'm excited. So okay. I, I have an interesting thing that I think you might like, uh, cause it talks about one of our favorite over actors. Um, I liked it. I personally, I've never had a problem with the masks. I find it intriguing. It creates 
you know, I, for me, the Mando is like this dark brooding type character anyway. And like a brooding character doesn't really say much, you know, in general. Like I, I'm, I'm a Batman fan and Batman doesn't have a ton of dialogue in the comic books. So it's like, cool. Yes, it's overdone. And yes, everybody's been doing it and yada, yada, yada. But I, I enjoyed it. I think it's fine. You know, I don't need the character to necessarily be like overly emotional. Give me a little snippet here and there and I'm fine with it. The whole concept of everybody wearing masks. Yeah, it can it can kind of you can kind of weigh on it. I think it's gonna lean a little bit more onto like the action of it than it is some of the other moments. But I think, especially between like Bo-Katan and the Armorer and like some of these other moments, I think they still landed for me when they were kind of getting a little bit more emotional, if you will. I don't know if that any any of those scenes were overly emotional, but I think you know you'll have to rely a little bit more on old school style acting with like from the silent era where you're doing mannerisms and things to 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 do it and i think some people can do it i think it was interesting because i come from uh katie sackoff as starbuck as like one of the most overacted animated fucking characters on that show and you know i love her to death in it and i love her to death in everything she's done personally um, and so, you know, to see her on and off in the first early seasons where she gets to take it off a bunch and and talk, I think it really challenged her and toned her down a lot for the two episodes that she could not take the mask off. And I think it I think it worked. I kind of liked it because you can still hear her speak a little bit more and like still be that overacting in moments. But it sometimes it did a little dry. I liked it. I thought it was interesting to to see her kind of have to take on a character that isn't so reliant on giant facial expressions to get things over that she has done in all of her stuff. So I liked that for her. I liked the characters. Um, I think I think it'll work in the long run. Uh, uh, spoilers. I I think there'll be some change to the Mandalorian code going forward. So I don't think we're going to necessarily have that problem from every character, but, but we'll see. So I, I, I like the masks. I don't have a problem with them. I think when you do take it off, especially for a character like Mando, it means that much more instead of just, I like seeing the character. Okay. One last bit, like in majority of like Spider-Man movies and like all these superhero movies, every character spend so much time out of costume, out of the mask, because they want to see the person they're paying for. And I'm like, just, I want to see Batman. I want to see fucking, you know, Spider-Man. I want to mm. see these characters. I don't want to see Peter Parker. I don't want to see Bruce Wayne. I want to see the superhero on stage. I want to see them as they are. And they're always like, all right, Iron Man's going to take his helmet off, or Spider-Man's going to take his mask off, or they're always taking off the mask because you're paying, the studio is paying for you know, Tom Holland, they're paying for Robert Downey Jr., they're paying for Pedro Pascal, but they're paying to be a character, and they're finally getting to be this character without having to take his mask off. That's me, personally. I've had a problem with that for fucking decades, but anyway. Go on, Dan. Are you not looking forward to my spiel slice? It sounds like no, you keep I'm, putting I'm just, it off no, I'm heated from my own topic. I'm heated from that mask topic. Sorry. I haven't I didn't even think said that was going to happen. Yet. Well, you're I, no, I'm not mad at it's you. Okay. I thought that I didn't know I was going to get so. I, okay. Funny enough, pretty much all your major points, I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, <laughs> um, except. Wait, for hold the, on. 
Except for the... Am I alive? Is this... <laughs> Except for the elephant in the room, to me. Uh, uh, yeah. I... Look, okay. I'm going to preface this by saying I respect the work she's done and the things she's brought to her projects. Um, and I respect that uh, Battlestar Galactica is one of the most well-revered and well-liked... Uh, science fiction shows ever made um but just not by me and not her because she's she's not a good actress and i think she did a great job as the voice of bo-katan and i think that her with the helmet on does a good job <laughs> i think i think funny enough i here's okay i, I don't want to lean too hard i i really think she's a good bo-katan I think she's she's been Bo-Katan longer than she's been Starbuck. I think she is Bo-Katan. Yeah, I I think that Katie Sackhoff is just. She's delivering these lines in the first couple episodes like she's in a 50s like comedy. She's like, man, what do you think you're doing, kid? We got to go over here and do something like this is not how we do things. Being badass is not a characteristic. I we walk into the room and she's just sitting on the chair. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that chair like that, man? It, it's very unbelievable. 20 I was, years. I was I was immediately pulled out of a very immersive story. The second we see her sitting on a chair like no one buys that you've been sitting in this chair like this like oh hey I didn't know you were coming in. <laughs> Come on, man. Be doing something. Show us that you love this temple for some reason. Uh, even I, I will say, moving forward from that point, everything has been a little bit more improved. It's almost as if... I know they shoot these out of order, so I don't know what it was. Maybe it's my own personal... Oh, they do? You know, I, I, I thought so. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm wrong about that. But it seems like she's getting better. And even when you see her again in the chair, she's deep in thought and she has her hands crossed. And that was more believable. But just like that first, like exposure, like, oh, right, here we go. Um, I think she does great as the voice. I think she, I think her with the helmet on, I, I, I buy it. But she just has this look on her face when she's has the mask on. She's always just kind of like, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? What is this like look on your face? Why are you like, why are you flexing your face like that? I, I don't. I don't know. I um, I I admit I have maybe just. This, I think that's just this... the work she's had done. No I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, I I I'm I want to move past it. I respect her work, but she takes me out of it whenever she's doing. It's hard. Thing. It's hard. I mean, I think we'll we. I guess we can kind of like segue into that. I mean, there's a little bit of like the fact that like I don't also don't really buy that. She, I mean, I I know that Katie Sackhoff herself is. I think just past 40, this character has got to be like 50 years old or something. No, dude, she was a teenager. She was a teenager during the Clone Wars. She was like, she was a teenager in, her, in the yeah, Clone Wars? Yeah, she was like in her late teens. So like maybe 19 or 20 when during Clone Wars. Because Satine <sighs> was in her 20s and that's her older sister. Okay, I guess that would put Satine her in like her like mid 40s. In the, Satine is in her like mid 20s to late 20s, which is right around the same age that Obi Wan was. And then she's like a younger sister to Satine, which means like she was probably in her late Wait, teens. Wait, how old Obi-Wan was? Yeah. Oh, and, and what? And when was Obi-Wan 20 years old? 
during Clone Wars in like his late twenties when he met Satine. When he was yeah, he was young. He was young. He was just a he was not he was, in his early. 20s, he was just he, he was, was supposed his... to be in his late teens when he in, in Episode One, and then he grew up and became in his mid twenties oh. when he was raising Luke. Oh, not Luke, Anakin. Okay. So by yeah. the time Clone Wars uh, okay. happens, he's in his late to mid twenty, mid to late twenties, and this is the same age as Satine, who's okay. Bo-Katan's older sister, and therefore Bo-Katan was right around her early teens or late teens, I okay, mean, early twenties. So by now she's in her late thirties. All right. Well, okay, that's good. I I said the negative stuff I had to get out because I just had to. But that being said. I, I do always have a thing about the, a main character wearing a mask all the time because a main character, I think, in my opinion, needs to be able to be somewhat, somewhat more expressive. But I think at this point, we understand Dinjarin at at least at a good enough level that any like subtle, like kind of like things that we can kind of deduce what's like we don't need it as much. I think, in, I think in the beginning, I kind of wanted to have a better understanding of the character and all you get is just, you know, just this kind of like mask. And that's the kind of takes you away from a little bit, but I think, yeah, maybe when everyone's wearing a mask, I think it is a challenge. I gotta say though, I think they're doing it. I didn't feel like, like in those meetings, like the, like when they, when he had like the kind of like around the fire and they all had like their chance to speak. I didn't feel like I was missing out. I feel like I understood where everyone's head was at. I think that you know, John Favreau's character, um, George, help me out. Taz Vizsla. Taz Vizsla. Great. He, I, I get him immediately. I get where his head's at and all of his subtleties. Uh, we don't, we don't need it. It's working out for me. And, and the armor, I, the armor, I don't, is that her name? Yeah, I just call her know. the armor. She, she's fantastic. And she has such an air uh, to her. And I think that at this point, since we understand the characters a decent amount, me personally, I don't have as much of a criticism about the whole mask issue. Uh, I, I think I think at this point, you kind of understand what everyone is about for the most part. And I think that's good enough for me personally. Oh, yeah. Anyway. And we talked about like the solutions. And this does seem like there's a chance where they're just not going to be a strict right. wearing this. And they've already done it with Katie. She took off her mask more times than Din has done in a whole three seasons within just a matter of few episodes. She's already taken her mask off a bunch. So I think that that mask thing is becoming a, a thing of the past, to be honest. And, you know, um, I was going to briefly talk about Marvel, but we already talked about it, how in other superhero movies and how it's now just become like it's in the way. And so they find this very like convenient way of removing masks, such as like nanotechnology or whatever. And mm. obviously I don't think that's going to translate very well to Mandalorian or star Wars. So yeah. that is not a yeah. viable solution. And it's a pretty terrible solution that Marvel's done too. So I think they've taken yeah. notes about that yeah. and people have complained enough about it that they chose not to do that to Mandalorian. So bravo to them to avoid that bullshit yeah, people really complained about that in the in yes the MCU? people really fucking complain about that because mm. every single person suddenly has tano technology it's like everywhere it's like such a cheap excuse you know it's like oh okay yeah. well, now all of our masks and shit disappear automatically you know like yeah it was funny in fucking black panther one when she you know shuri like said it to to uh, chadwick boseman but now it's like everyone's shit just oh button away i oh oh i'm ant-man's daughter and i got a wrist thing and it just pops out and nope 
makes like, sense though, for the character. It's, it's fucking stupid, like, okay? It's just like a cheap cop-out. Honestly, Same it's a cheap cop-out. Now everyone's fucking got it now. It's like, come on. I'm with you, Tim. Like, I don't I don't mind. Like I think it, for it, I think for Star Wars this is a good thing. Like back to basics, like Grogu is a real puppet. Yeah. Just take the helmet on and off. You know what I mean? Like we don't need anything fancy. It's, yeah, yeah, because that's exactly. it works. It, it, the way it, it holds is. a weight, you know, yeah. and it makes right. sense. So yeah. yeah, obviously that shit's not gonna work for a Mandalorian. Yeah. And I honestly don't think that it works for Marvel either. <laughs> so. plus, plus people get to walk around with the helmet underneath their arm just looking cool and shit, you know? So like yeah. carry on. Okay. Carry on. Uh, what do we get? Do you want to talk about? Well, I guess we, we already talked about Bo-Katan's journey, so we uh, we'll talk about that one weird episode with Doctor Perishing, which is like yeah. felt really out of place. I feel like they were trying to do an Andor thing. I didn't watch a fucking second of Andor, nor will I ever, well, because Rogue One was a terrible fucking movie. So I have no intention of walking watching it, but I know for a fact that this episode was inspired by Andor because it's a whole entire episode about espionage. Yeah. So, it's interesting that they did this because I feel like I feel like this this episode actually was planned from the beginning. This story was planned at some point. They because, just didn't know where to put it, and it felt of, out of place. Yeah, because of the fifth episode and 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 how like this character. So you get this this woman who I don't remember. I don't know if she was episode. in another episode. Uh, it, it, I don't. I, she probably was in a different episode. She was I don't like remember. in a couple episodes in the season with the Moth. Moth yeah, Gideon. but. It, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I remember that. But again, three years barely. ago, so yeah. I don't remember barely well. remember this random character. Yeah, and then and then you get Doctor Pershing or Perish Pershing, yeah, Pershing. whatever Doctor Pearshape. Um, and uh, you know, they're it's an interesting thing that they've done because they took that concept that happened after World War II, where they you know took uh um german scientists scientists and brought them over to help us and it it happened during world war ii which inevitably led to the creation of the atom bomb and then they started took that uh the the levity that not levity the the weight of that situation and applied it to this where they're talking about cloning so he's been brought over to the rebels to try and uh, uh, help them, but really he's in some schmucky desk job just, like, identifying things, and then all of this technology is just getting destroyed because, simply because it was the Empire. Not because it wasn't useful or it was dangerous, but because it simply was owned by the desk, by the Empire, which is kind of like... I was doctor. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense that they're just destroying all of these insanely valuable assets when they could be using them again so that part really bothered me as well but it but, shows you know, the gluttony but, and like the like the way you know yeah com, you know uh corsant the capital it just really shows like the hypocrisy Pompous. and like the fact that people there are so out of touch with what's going on with the rest of the yeah, universe it's, it's because it's ridiculous for them empire republic it don't make a difference to them they're just rich people living on a rich planet yeah 100 you know? And it, it just shows that none of it really none makes of it a matters to who's them. In none charge. of it affected it's, any of those people. Any of those people. They're all still bad. Yeah, um, they're just as bad as they were before and just as shallow yeah. as they were before. So, yeah. But it's just, it felt like the episode was out of place and they so didn't know to, where to put it in. <laughs> so she basically goats this guy into getting back into his clone cloning technology because he was really close to some breakthrough that I can't remember the technical mumbo jumbo of. 
and then in the end, after she goats him into doing this, turns him into the rebellion. So like it, I was like, okay, she was with Moff Gideon, so she's pro Moff Gideon, but Moff Gideon wanted this guy to do this work. And if she's pro Moff Gideon, why wouldn't she want this work to then be continued so that she can give it to Moff Gideon and continue with the original plan? It didn't make any fucking sense to me, her motives, because they didn't really clearly state them because she just suddenly was like, you thought she was like, oh, she's evil. Oh, but she's working. But then she turns on him for the rebellion. Is it just to kind of push her own agenda to move mm -hmm. up in the ranks to get some say it, it made to me? I was like, I was intrigued the whole way through. I was intrigued, but I was still going. Why in the living fuck are you doing this? Like mm -hmm. someone explain this to me and I still don't know. Even hopefully completely after that's, payoff. That, yeah, that's the whole point, Tim. Where this whole thing is shrouded in mystery. We're wondering why on a bunch of shit. We don't yeah, know but anything, just, and will we, it will be revealed at some point. Like they didn't, more. they didn't just give us this very long was, part of the episode for no reason. Yeah. It, it is clear, like, and then I know end, that, but it's they just, sandwished I mean, it in to, to their to, to respect. They sandwiched it in between two Mando exciting things, kind of. And but there was yeah. this long, like it felt like just a long raw lull and a weird tonal shift in like the season. All of a sudden, we're just like away from Grogu and and anybody else and we really know. Fine. And I mean, we'll we'll get to the end of the last episode, which is clearly starting to tie into that. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, it just still is like it just was weird. The whole it just execution something was off to me. Not just like I, there's a mystery. It just it something felt like it wasn't done right, or there wasn't. You know, I know what they're doing, and I know this trope. I I know this I, kind of. Uh, I would rather just, they give it all to us in that chunk than like other random scenes sporadic, like spread out to the because it wasn't interesting or intriguing enough to have us like really remember. Because if they spread that pretty long sequence out throughout episodes we'd kind of come back and be like what i don't remember so i think it was good that we got this kind of mysterious chunk uh in the middle of one of these episodes so that when we do come back to it, we can kind of go oh you know because it was spread out we'd forget shit like we'd yeah. forget like yeah, why, why yeah, yeah that's so, fine I well, all would be revealed. I this is the this is what this is this is why we play the game slice. This yeah. is why you you and I, are I here. we know just... what's going on. What's the speculation? Moff Gideon's yeah. up to no good. That's all I can that, say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who right. Knows? Moff Gideon's up to no good. He's he's gonna he's trying to clone something. What's Who he knows? cloning? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Tell me. What's yeah, good? Just, slice? Even even after all that, I still was like it like it just to me, I was like, is is she for Gideon? I still, you know, like I know she's evil, but in what way? Like Her it wasn't clear to me that she was still going point. for Gideon. Yeah, yeah but it, it just—I didn't like it. Is all <laughs> I liked the episode. I just didn't like that little bit, and it's been lingering on me the whole time. And it, was... it, it just something about it just seemed like personally, I was kind weird. of still in my initial like like getting back into Mandalorian and kind of like, Oh my God, there's so many moments that are like, why do they have this happen? Why does, why, why does Din Djarin sink to the bottom of this thing? All of a sudden, why is this super I'm athletic dude? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, Mr. Magoo, like I, there's just so many moments, bell. like <laughs> there's so many moments. This is like, not why that is bad compared happening? to that. Why yeah. is Katie Sackhoff sitting in this chair like this? Is, is, yeah, but those are nothing moments. There? Those are yeah. tossaways. Those are not plot. I, 
fucking hinges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are like I agree. I'm not saying yeah. that they are, but I'm just saying like from me kind of like trying to like, you know, feeling like like Picks trying you to get out back on the into moment. And then this and you're just like, "What? What is this?" I was super intrigued. Yes. Right? They didn't give us Don't much. get me wrong. And I, I and I want intrigued. more, but I was like, "Okay, so this is like this isn't just like some scene. This is like a huge chunk yeah. of the episode. This is leading somewhere." And I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I am very intrigued to see where it goes. They they got me in that regard. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I'm so used to like instant gratification with things and sure. not having as much mystery or even being able to like pick out the mystery. You know, like you watch Knives Out or something like that, and like mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I can kind of figure it out. I'm following you. You know, there's there's a misdirection that makes you think a thing, but this misdirection was like, what the fuck? Like I don't know. It just. But it was good. No, she's a good character, and 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 it really is putting that mystery plot, that overarching story, in place, and I appreciate that, and that's what I like about a lot of this this season. But it, I'm I'm super intrigued. So yes, I mean you're right. I'm not trying to say that it was shitty in any regard. Yeah. Just something was eating place. at me. Yeah, maybe that okay. was it. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Who the um, frick we already talked a little bit about Bo-Katan. Um, obviously some of us didn't most a lot of people i'm gonna assume who watched the mandalorian did not watch clone wars the animated series or um the sequel which is star wars rebels um both shows she's in rebels both shows created by by filoni um Mm -hmm. lots of you know lots of backstory even you know even in boba fett there's a lot of backstory from clone wars and, and and rebels that are sprinkled in there as well so um, you see this growth where she, um, just a brief background, where she first started, actually, she was a part of Death Watch, which is the same group um, that Dinjarin's group is actually coming from. So they were actually a, a offshoot of the original Mandalorians who lived on Mandalore, who got sent to the moon, Concordia, and they were kind of a terrorist group. And she was part of this terrorist group. She actually was a royal family, and she got influenced by this terrorist group and left her family to join Death Watch. She realized the error of her ways and created another offshoot called the Night Owls, which is kind of her small little squadron of of Mandalorians inside Death Watch. They chose to follow her instead. Um, events happen during Rebels that I don't want to spoil, but eventually she tries yeah, to retake don't. the I throne. She really takes the throne, but we all know that Mandalore was destroyed due to the actions of her being, quote unquote, an unworthy leader, as at least that's what the armor says, right? Um Yes, states whole, very clearly that she's, is, is, yeah. she's that she's an unworthy warrior. She was she did not win the dark saber from combat. It was given to her by somebody else who had earned it in combat, who felt that she was the proper person to lead Mandalore because she was royal family. Um, but now no one wants to follow her because she doesn't have the dark saber. They thought that she was going to kill Moth Gideon and take the dark saber, and she comes back, and now we see her all alone, dejected in a giant fucking castle with nobody around her. Is like hijacked by Bo Katan's story to a certain extent. Mm. So. So wh- how fun, do you guys feel? Fun about fact, that? fun fact. This news broke a, a little while ago. I think at least a month or two ago, um, in January, uh, it has already been announced that she is getting her own spinoff show. So I don't think she's going to hijack this show. I think that what they just did is set up her show. 
Um, so I'm. It didn't I, feel like she was hijacking the show to me. I I didn't. Was, I didn't either. She was. I, in, I mean, it could be. She was an equal member. Right. It she's an equal number, like but she's become part of the like, story. She's become like the co-star of the show. Like, yeah, sure. But it didn't. For a little while. Still, I mean, it just it felt right. It felt like the, where it was going. It didn't feel like it was forced in. It felt like that was organically part of the story. Right. And right. I, I got to say, I, I can we talk about the Darksaber real quick? Still mm-hmm. very heavy for Jin Jaren, but not light so as a heavy feather for her. Because she knows who she is. Interesting. She knows yes. who she is. Wait, so does that mean Dinjarin doesn't know who he is? Well, he, he you know, he's What's weighed down goal? by a lot of uncertainty, especially before he was redeemed in the waters of the... So do you think Andalore? that now, if he tried to wield it after being redeemed, it won't be as heavy for him? Maybe. You know, no. before he had... It was heavy no? for him. No, no it because was I don't think this is... I don't this think is the this end is of his spiritual journey. I don't think this is his redemption right now. His redemption will come later, because this, to me, is a guy who is doing what he's been told is right to try and fit back in, but not what he feels is right. This is not, you know, there's something about this that because he did take off his 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 helmet because he cares more about Grogu than he does care about the cover. He's doing this because this is what he knows, because this is the way. And because something is the way and going blindly following it without question doesn't make it the right choice. You know, uh, you have oh, yeah, to dude. truly believe and feel for what you're doing, and then it'll feel like it's the right it'll choice. Be, but I don't think he believes that he's doing it. I believe it'll be I think interesting he to see. wants to believe that he's doing it yeah. right. You when can he tell. uses it next, mm. we'll see. Yeah. So I predict that it will be, after hearing what Timus said, I predict it will be lighter. I don't think it will be light. I think his, his, his foray into... Uh, um, public servants i think that'll help you know being being the sheriff i think that'll help because this creed this covert 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 whatever that he's in they're really selfish they're really a bunch of dicks they're all assholes and you know they're badasses and all that stuff but like they're really like pious pompous better than thou assholes and he is not He's never shown that quality. He cares about Grogu. He he cares about the people he meets and comes across in these adventures. He goes back and helps them because not because this is the way, but because they're his friends. Because there mm. there's a bond. There's 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 more than just, oh, this is the cult I joined, so I have to go do the damn thing. It's I'm gonna go help uh uh grief. What's his name? Cargo cargo shorts over there mm-hmm. um and then uh man i can't keep any of these names straight but you know you know he goes and he helps um you know the uh the sheriff not just because he wants to get the the um armor back that was boba fett's but because he wants to help and so i don't think that this covert 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 i can't say the fucking word i don't think they want to help anybody they want mm. to get what's theirs back so yeah. i'm more intrigued and in see his personal growth than his growth into this cult that he's joined so it's interesting yeah. there's 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 a lot of depth to this show and to this lore of mandalore damn it now i'm gonna go watch that fucking cartoon show um and i'm and then so excited it's another thing about her is that she's developed quite an interesting relationship with grogu i think um like almost like a surrogate mm. mother in a way that yeah that that 
you know, Din is kind of like a surrogate father for him. Or, you know, she's she she talks to him in a way that's totally different than she talks to anybody else. Like I will say there's a softness to it. I, I was very frustrated with her interacting. I her interactions with Grogu, I think, were really good. Yeah. She I, I there's really, a special relationship yeah. that she and maybe it's just because Grogu was such a special like child that like it's yeah. so rare that like you can't help but like feel for him, you know, and it's obvious that he's a Jedi and she knows other Jedi and she knows what happened to other Jedi. So she can only guess as to what has possibly happened to this poor child since mm-hmm. the fall of the Jedi temple, a lot. you know, which is a lot of fucking baggage. So she handles him with a lot of care, but she also encourages him in many ways that mirror the way J- like, J- like Din Djarin does for her for him as well so i think it's a very cool relationship are they going to be one weird happy like mando you know mando family i don't know who knows you know just this weird like brady bunch family who knows you know but whatever you know i don't know if there's any romance going on between her and him but yeah at least they have this one child in common i think is she she seems to have developed a relationship with grogu outside of oh this is just my friend's kid do you know what i'm saying like yeah. you can see that she's starting to grow attached to him as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it's interesting. The, the more Tim talks about it, the more I think that his and and by association Grogu's path lies beyond this 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 cover that, that, mm-hmm. that they've you know. I think he's going to get them set up in their new land, and I think he's going to realize that his path lies elsewhere. Yeah, maybe yep. maybe maybe his home is the path, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. Whatever, we'll see. And now you I, know, and I, now she's because she's seen the mythosaur. She's been sent on this yeah. journey to oh, go reunite the rest okay. of them. I mean, and maybe so, Mando feels like he has to go with her. You know, like that he, he maybe. Is, he owes her so, a, a debt. Is he going to steal her thunder again and, and slay the Mandalore and all that shit? Like, well, is it going to be know, one no, of those? No, no, I no, actually it's, think it's, Grogu no, is going to help think, them with that. I think, I think that, well, some, so, so it, what the ancient legends are, someone rode the Mythosaur and trained the Mythosaur, or, right? Original Mando. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be like, it's going to be obvious that it's going to be Bo-Katan, but it's actually going to be Jin Jarin. It's interesting. We'll it's I, I interesting. do. I do. And think does this that mean they're going to face off eventually? Because is this like a a Dune thing think, where there can only be one leader and no one re- recognizes ooh. leadership without the challenge of combat? Oh, uh, I de- love it. That, depends. But it de- I don't think so. I, it depends on what you do with the show. There's a lot of possibilities, and that's why I think Tan, Dan, to your point, is this is so intriguing because this can go anywhere. Because go after anywhere. this, we don't like you know we don't really see anything after you know in six seven or seven eight and nine there's no mention of mandalorians whatsoever in that lore so we can go anywhere because it doesn't matter because return of the jedi has happened so it's like cool the sky's the limit because fuck those other three movies um but they're being stricken from the record for her yeah for her i feel like she's had she's been She's going on in a journey as well, obviously, and has been since the show, which I didn't get to watch. But from what I can understand is she's been trying to force her way in and not necessarily earn her way in where she should have. You know, and she was she given is. these things. She, she's she's a Nepo baby, if you mm-hmm. will. She and is. so she's been handed these things. And so now she is finally, I think 
joining the cult for a minute. I'm going to keep calling it that because that's 100% what it is. Yeah. Joining this Mandalorian cult that's for a few hours, it. for a few days, has actually helped her grow and progress as a character because she kind of sees what it is that they're doing. And it's like, okay, I kind of actually understand this and, and get it now. You know, like what happens? Like that little moment she that she She didn't believe in the mythosaur. To be like, but just the moment to be like, what do you do when you eat when there's a bunch of other people around? That just shows interest and respect, if not anything else, for that moment, for for the people around her and for the things that she's in. So yes, maybe it is to further her agenda, but like I think in the way she act, asked it, um, to Dan's point, she did a great job in that scene to me. It seemed like she genuinely was like, oh, wait, what do you do? Like, how do I do this? Not wanting to what be the respectful. fuck do you guys do? It's yeah. And yeah, so it was it was interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying having not watched any of the other stuff. I still really like this character and I am very interested to see where it goes because you can tell she was a hothead. You can tell she's had this kind of like, you know, uh, a righteous journey that she's been going on. And now that it. This it's a change of worldview. Shifted it. Yeah, quite, that quite seeing the mythosaur has changed her worldview, kind of, and question like what she really wants to do with her life and what she's really been fighting for. Is it like, and I hate to say it, maybe all along, you know, and this might have to you you can you might have to watch Rebels and Clone Wars to see it, but like wanting to take over Mandalore, I hate to say it for her up to before this point seems to have always been for a selfish reason because she's meant like for her, she was meant to rule Mandalore. That's the way she's always seen it. There's no question about it. She's the rightful heir to Mandalore, right? Without ever having to earn it. She felt like she was just born to do that job, you know? And that I think has led to all the downfalls and all the problems with the from the great purge to to now the fact that like all her other allies have left her alone is because in a many way she felt like she was owed or do that and now she's finally got this almost spiritual like out of this world experience where she saw a mythosaur and now she's questioning herself and her motives and everything she's been taught and finally taking a step back and being like there's other ways to do this and other ways to lead people and other ways to to unite our people, you know? And I think that's a very interesting journey for her. And, I, and you know, I'm glad I'm, it's exciting to see where this is going to go for her. Yeah. yeah. So I know I gave this episode to George to walk us through, but we are running long. We are almost Not my at fault, the dude. Hour, I've been trying to move us along. Mark. Somebody no, wanted you're to doing talk great. for like you're 10 do, minutes you're doing great. on something. You're great. And this whole thing actually is, has shown that like, you know, I, I really, I think I like this season a lot more than I thought I did. Um, and, and it speaks a lot to, I think the, the writing Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau and, and how they're running the show and creating these characters. Um, do you want to do, cause a lot of this rest of this, not to throw, to call you on this, a lot of this is, is like little, like, you know, yeah. shout outs. Do you want to do your quick shout outs? I'm going to do a quick shout outs. All right. Yeah, do, do your quick, quick shout, shout out to, to IG 11. Easter eggs. Easter, Easter eggs, eggs callbacks, cameos, DJC. guys. IG-11, man, RIP. We all feel like he's going to come back somehow to save the day. I think so. I don't know what you guys think. I can't believe he didn't after all that. I, I can't like, believe. Yeah, I thought I he was going to show up <laughs> all of a sudden when all the pirates are here and he's just going to... like Gun no Ben Zellens would be riding on his shoulders and be like, we saved the day! Like, I <laughs> That's what I thought. The part when the gunner showed up like, and started gunning people down, I thought that was IG's moment to come out of nowhere and start saving the day. But, you know, hopefully he'll come back. Pele, 
interesting things happened with Pele. Pele said something about, are you here to take out Boba Fett? Which leads me to question what's going on with Boba Fett. Why is she asking that? A uh, quick little mm. reference to Bunta Week, which is actually the same week that uh, Anakin Skywalker was racing in and on Tatooine and during the pod race. Bunta Week, all the celebrations, fireworks, freaking amazing scene. Yep. R5. Shout out to R5. Same R5 droid from A New Hope, the one that breaks before Luke buys it and they end up buying R2-D2 instead because C-3PO suggested it. Who would have thought this guy had such a crazy journey from being captured by, you know, Jawas to fighting for the Rebellion and then being sold to Pele and now back to Din and then finding his long-lost comrade in the Rebellion and giving away where the freaking <laughs> Mandalorians were <laughs> hiding uh, and Zealots from Rise of Skywalker. Love those guys. Freaking hilarious scene. I didn't know that's what they were called. What was yeah. their name? And Zellens. They're in Zellens. No, what, what's the character in, in Rise of Skywalker's name? I don't Babu know. Frick. Was, Babu Frick. Babu Frick. It's just a but To me, I was like, oh, look, a bunch of Babu Fricks. No, their CBDC is called the Zellens. It's, it's, it's just like, look, it's a bunch of Yodas. Like, I don't know what they're exactly. called. Yeah, just, just freaking hilarious. I love that scene. Where she, really. I love Grogu hugging him and squeezing him. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, this is the yeah, best yeah. scene, yeah. probably. Cutest scene ever. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty um, funny. Shout out to my man, Greedo Wane, dude. Greedo shot first. Instead of saying Greedo shot first, they said Vane shot first, which he did. So there you go. But great reference to that. Captain Teva, man, coming back from all the way from season one, season two, coming Love back, it. trying to solve this greater freaking mystery, you know, that is happening in, in the outer rim. And he's been telling the Mando, you know, for that time, Edwin, the spider, he's like, something weird is happening out here, but no one believes us, you know, and like... We'll see how it goes. You know, hopefully he can he can solve the mystery. You know, and uh, I don't I don't think he's gonna make it to the end oh, of the show. Please. Not like this no. season, but maybe oh, maybe maybe season four. Oh, but I don't man, think, dude. Please don't <laughs> kill him, dude. Say, Not the Asian guy, dude. Four. Why would he always You'll kill see. off the Asian guy? <laughs> Not the Asian guy. Come on. You know, just not he, he fits he fits the bill for like he's done enough to move the show along. Uh, you care for him and he's dead. You know what okay. I mean? Like that's, right. that, that's saying, just, this is making I me want sad. More of him. I was I just thinking like I can't wait to see more of him just like he's dead. And it's you're totally right. Um it, and of course, Tim Meadows. <laughs> Play the Saturday Night Live music, dude. Tim Meadows with the ladies, man, and Kabatier, <laughs> man. Tim Meadows. Shout out to Tim Meadows. Haven't seen him in a while miss him uh great guy from uh, of course mean girls as well on top of snl uh play the principal yeah. in that and then two crazy out of this world i would not have expected these people to be back to or on the live action show probably never thought this was going to happen zeb from rebels what in the world i started watching rebels recently and i was thinking about which one of these characters could they possibly bring to a live action show Zeb was at the very fucking bottom of the list because I was like, he's going to be fucking hard as hell to CGI. But there you go. You see Zeb in the latest oh episode. Oh my God. Zeb in the I latest episode talking to Captain Teva. Oh my God. I oh recognized him. I was like, who is this fucking guy? I know That's he's in a show. So and I, I didn't, didn't even recognize him. Out of him. all the characters that could have easily made it into a, a live action show, he would have been the hardest one out on that show to probably do. Oh, and they not fucking even. swung there's, for the Phoenix. They so did many. it. What are you talking about? Star Wars Rebels? Well, you haven't watched Rebels, Tim, so you can't talk. I'm just saying in general. You like haven't watched the, Rebels, so you can't talk. Star Wars, you don't know. They make all these crazy characters. Right, man. but like, I'm saying look, if you had a show with a budget you're and you had to bring back a character from Rebels and you had to keep it on the cheap, you would not fucking pick Zeb. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah. He could, had yeah. to have been expensive to make, okay? That's yeah, my fucking sure. point, all right? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. That's wild. I never has that. That's awesome. Then, finally, last but not least, uh, Jar Jar Binks, dude. The re- the redemption of Jar Jar Binks. Who yeah. who would have thought that they decided to give Jar Jar Binks his moment in the side? Obviously, it's not Jar Jar Binks. It's Keller and Beck, the person who played Jar Jar Binks, playing a new character, kind of. For those who don't know, Keller and Beck is actually the host of a TV competition show on the Star Wars like website for kids called Jedi Temple Run. And he was supposed to be like the headmaster of the Jedi Academy. So it's freaking amazing that they decided to take something that was like a reality TV show on the Star Wars website and bring this character and give this actor a chance to redeem himself by saving baby Grogu. People used to joke about Jar Jar Binks being the one who saved Grogu when the season first came out, like the series first came out. They're like, wouldn't it be hilarious if it was Jar Jar who saved him? Shout out to those Naboo fighters. What it was. Shout out to the Naboo fighters, those Naboo fighters saving the day and letting Grogu Dude. escape. Wait, oh my I read God. something. The fun fact about that. So it was it was Qui-Gon Jinn's sacrifice. Apparently the Naboo never forgot Qui-Gon Jinn's sacrifice to save all of them from and so, like, Naboo is, like, indebted to the Jedis and, and thinks of them highly. So that was why they stepped in and, and like, fought Save against the Jedis and get away. Yeah. Like, so shout out to those Naboo fighters, dude. And that's it. And that's it. Now yeah. we're going to see what yeah. else is next. We get left with this great cliffhanger of Beska armor. Captain Teva goes to the fine... Moth Gideon's ship. Turns out he never did make it to trial, just like they were saying in that weird episode with Dr. Pershing. Rumor had it, he never made it to trial, and we know now for sure he did not make it to trial because there is his transport blasted into oblivion. But what? They found a piece of Beskar armor. Now, is it really the Mandalorians? Was the Beskar armor, armor Who planted? Knows? Was, it was it planted or was it was it one of those dark troopers because they were made out of Beskar alloy? Mm. Who knows? Who mm. knows? But we're going to see what that Maybe. is. Could be. <laughs> Plus, oh, we found we found other Beskar in the wild. He found that that's that true. Beskar lance at one point too. And so we know that the be em- Empire has a lot of Beskar because Jin was Jin, Bar- you know, Jin was paid with Beskar in that first season to go find Grogu. Yeah. So we know that they yeah, have that, their own yeah. supply of Beskar. They robbed you know, the Mandalore a long time ago, you know. So they have Beskar. Um, very many implications with little Easter eggs of. Of of things to come, which are the greater universe, such as Ahsoka, Urza, Admiral Throng, all from Rebels. And we're gonna see because there's a lot of little things now that we've seen Zeb, it's almost certain that we're it's only a matter of time before we see Urza, before we see Admiral Throng. Both huge characters in Rebels. Main character is Urza in 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 Rebels. He is the main character. So and he has been cast. That's that's widely known. We've already got a live at person person cast for Urza. So we know he'll show up. Will he show up this season? Probably not, but a lot of things to look forward to. I'm almost certain we'll see Ahsoka. Maybe. Because especially because of all the weird shit that is happening in the outer rim. And and keep in mind, Bogatan made a really interesting reference when she got her ship got bombed, which is how is it possible that a regular like low-level warlord had that many TIE fighters, right? So, whose TIE fighters are these? Are these Moff Gideon's TIE fighters, or are they Admiral mm. Thrawn's TIE fighters? They're mm. Admiral Thrawn's. If you Which haven't very read, interesting. if you haven't read the Thrawn trilogy, uh, it, they're books that take place like immediately it's after the era Return of the, the Empires. It's so fucking good. It's uh, like I know he was in 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 the shows, and I don't know if they adapted directly from the books, but those books are so intense. They're amazing. Yeah, if you can do them on audiobooks, 
you can do them on an audiobook, they are literally like a telecast. Like it's 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 almost like one of those old radio shows with like uh, like sounds, the droids talk, and like there's there's music in the background. It felt so immersive. It was cool. If you get a chance, check out the Thrawn trilogy. It is one of the most highly rated canon slash non-canon uh, post uh, uh, original trilogy. So definitely definitely check those out. Um, and then we're left with yeah. a bunch of unanswered questions. Like, who is the armor? It seems like she well, kind of knows who Boba Fett is. three more episodes Bo- left. Uh, Bo-Katan so. is. Yeah. Right? I it seems like are... there's something... She seems to know who Bo is, and there's... I feel like there might be some weird relationship or something that we don't know. The armor is, like, a big question as to her identity, I feel like. But she doesn't necessarily need to have, like, that amazing of a connected backstory, obviously. Not everyone has to know everyone, right? Um, I'm a little curious as to who's the mother of Vizsla Sun. Who's Jimmy Kimmel's nephew's mother? I'm a little bit curious. Obviously, mm-hmm. it could Kimmel. be Jimmy Kimmel's sister, but I mean, who knows? I actually <laughs> think the armor and Paz Vizsla are like the parents. I think the armor and the Paz Vizsla are like together, but they just never like blatantly say it. Mm. Because like, why is it that when they escaped the covert the first time, the two of them are by them each with each other, but nobody else? Like, I just feel like they're together, but they just don't blatantly say it, you know? Like, that's my theory. But who knows? That's neither here or there. Um, yeah. And then also, where is where is Keller and Beck like taking Grogu to? Like, you mm. know, where where mm. like, and where does Grogu go from being with Kellen Kelleran and then getting into the hands of Moff Gideon and the Empire? Where where, and just a lot of unanswered questions as to what happened to Grogu. It could just be very simple that he was intercepted. You know, it doesn't have to it be. It could a be whole very thing. simple, but we will. I hope I'd we actually like get it if it out. was just very simple because they keep doing all of these like weird flashbacks or tangent stories and, and i like to see how it goes i just we'll, i want to kind of find out we'll get into that into yeah. another we, hopefully we will get into that and then finally yeah. do you guys feel like this tim this is more for tim will this compel you to watch more do you feel like yes you, you want to watch more of like clone wars yes and will and you son of a bitch rebels and stuff like that we'll see i've been enjoying bad batch actually i've been enjoying bad batch a lot that first season or two that we're watching of of uh, Clone Wars, some of it's a great. Like you get two episodes that are pretty good, and then you get like four that are just like, "What is this fucking garbage that I'm watching?" Like it's just. I've always it just, felt like this doesn't Wars, make sense. So Clone we'll Wars see. always reminded me a little bit of Starship Troopers. Okay. Because it opens okay. every episode with a kind of like pre- like their own version of previously yeah. on Avatar, but it's like a very like propaganda. I'm sure propaganda like yeah. style like little preview of previously now i just want to watch like and now they're on like like and now like commander otano and freaking like ahsoka and like and you know rex are on the planet so blah blah blah, blah. Fel- helping like battle the clones or the you know whatever rico's roughnecks yeah like it's very propaganda in those first few seasons you know and it isn't until later that that tone kind of shifts but that's, I'm has nothing to do with Mando I'm, right now. I'm, I guess. I'm interested mostly just for for Bo-Katan and Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, like great uh, and, Ahsoka, and Ahsoka, obviously. You know, yeah, yeah. She's also getting her own show. There's a lot. There's a lot that's happening. So, so and that's the long. End of that. Long story short, this has been a long episode, but it really it it it. I feel like this was the turning point for the show, and it provoked a lot of these thoughts. So there's the so end, much more we can talk learned, about. But if you take not. anything from this watch this season watch mandalorian to see the growth of it and yes throw boba fett in there it's very good 
Um, uh, uh, they're, they're all good, and, and we're going to be getting a lot of spinoffs. This is going to be its, its own universe. So they, uh, yes, they're Berlanti versing us. They're arrow versing us, if you will. And it's going to be all these weird crossovers that you're going to have to watch four different shows to understand, which I'm not excited about. But thank think, you for tuning I think, in. I, hold well, on. No, well, okay. I think it, as no. far as crossovers go, I think it will just be. You know the story continues, but we'll see it like kind of the way Boba Fett was, where it's like these characters yeah. will be coming back. So yeah, crossovers, yeah, get, sure, get. but also a continuation of the. Hopefully, the they story. learned from from the CW. So yeah. thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't liked and subscribed, please do so. We appreciate it. We love it. It's something we want, and we want to see more of you. And sound off in the comments. We want to talk to you. I am as active as I can on the YouTube comments. Uh, so so sign off on there. Um, it, you know, uh, follow all the social medias, which are now at the bottom of the screen down there, check them out. Um, so if you, you know, if you've had a good time, you've been the modern nerd and thank you for watching.